that school has a lot of different reputations. You would think that because everyone's going to a school that they would have a similar experience, but that's not the case. When you talk to people, especially when you talk to older people about school, when you talk to people who've graduated like at least a decade ago about school, they look back and you'll watch them remember school. And some of them, it's like, oh yes, the glory days. Man, there was sports, there was girls, it was great. They're like, I was awesome, everyone liked me. And then I realized after I finished school that I was a selfish brat, needed to grow up. And then they're this in here and they're like, it was the glory days. And then you talk to somebody else and they're like, high school, so glad that's over. <laughs> Roughest four years of my life, or they're like the roughest six years of my life. Like, oh no. Um, but they sit here and then they begin to talk about being bullied and, and the pressures of school or the fact that they kept trying out for sports and it never went so well. Or there, there are so many different experiences at school and they vary. But one of the things that I know is that God has a plan for you and that God has a plan for your school. See, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. See, God made us with a purpose. You were made, designed for something. You were created, and God has a purpose for you, and you are at your school for a reason. And you go, but some of you guys are like, yeah, it's to play sports because I'm awesome. But... It's more than just about you getting glory for being awesome. In fact, it's not about you getting glory for being awesome. Now, you being incredible, because some of you guys are legitimately awesome at sports. Jerry Block Camp. Um, <laughs> the, uh, there's a bunch of you guys that are awesome, but that gives you an opportunity, that gives you a platform to actually make a difference. Some of you guys know what it's like to be picked on, to be bullied, to struggle in things, and that gives you an opportunity. But when we look at what Jesus called people to do, what Jesus planned, we look to him calling some of his disciples. And if you're like, well, who are his disciples? These are these guys that followed Jesus around. They hung out with Jesus for his ministry on earth. And when Jesus went up to heaven, they spread the good news of what Jesus came and did around the world and literally changed the world. When Jesus calls these guys, he calls two of these guys, Peter and Andrew, and he comes up and he goes, hey, they're, they're fishing. And he goes, follow me. And I'll make you fishers of men. And they're like, sweet, we're going to follow you. We're going to fish for men? Like, how does that work? Like, you know, we're not used to casting out nets for people. We're just going to cast nets. And then what are we going to do with them? Like, fish, we fry. What do we do with guys? Like, um, yeah, like what, what is going on? And what does this mean? What does it mean to fish for men? And, and what this would turn out that they would understand as time went on was that Jesus was calling them to follow him, to have a relationship with him, and then to spread the news of who he is and what he came to do so that others could have a relationship with him as well, to win people to Jesus. This is what it meant to follow him and to be a fisher of men. And and later we look in Mark, and and it talks about him appointing 12 disciples, 12 people who are going to follow him, that they might be with him and that he may send them out to preach. See, the first thing that Jesus was looking for was not the most awesome people on the planet, but he was looking to have relationship with them. See, a lot of people think of Christianity as rules. They go, what is Christianity? They're like, well, it's a list of things you can do and a list of things you can't do. List of places you can't go and all these things. You don't smoke, don't chew, don't hang with those who do. And you've got this big list. And that's not what Jesus presented. 
Jesus, first thing, he wasn't going, I grabbed 12 people to tell them what they can't do. In fact, he goes, I grabbed 12 people that they might be with me. And then he goes, and then I'm going to send them out. And when he gets asked, what's the most important commandment? What, where, you know, where, and there are all these rules because the Jews loved rules. They had, God gave them 10 commandments and they had come up with 613 rules. And you're like, well, that's just great. And these 613 rules, I mean, they had crazy rules. And then some of the people made the rules like greater. Like there was a rule that you couldn't work on the Sabbath. And so some guy's like, well, you can't plow on the Sabbath. And somebody spit. And when they spit, it hit the dirt and it turned the dirt over. And he goes, you just plowed the dirt. I, I, I spit. You can't do that. That was plowing. That's work. <laughs> so they, they, they were all about their rules. And they were about taking a rule to the extreme. And so Jesus, they, they, they asked Jesus about the rule. And Jesus goes, hey, you want to know what, the, what to do? Love God. Like, yeah, and not love people. And they if you can love God and love people, everything else will fall into place. And, and in Matthew twenty two thirty seven to 40, if you want to read Jesus' answer, because he sits here and he says that, that this is what it's about. He goes, you love God and love people. See, a lot, of, a lot of times the church has got this idea that Christianity, first off, it's about rules, and it's about the fact that we all sinned and broke the rules, so we're going to get forgiven, and then they think that that's all that Christianity is about. And so a lot of people come, and they're like, well, I broke the rules, so I need to be forgiven, which is true, because... The wages of sin is death, um, but the gift of God is eternal life. So they, they come in and they're like, well, I just need to be forgiven. And they're like, I got forgiven. I'm a Christian. Good to go. But see, what Christianity is about is about having a relationship with Jesus. And in order to have a relationship with Jesus, we need to be forgiven. So Jesus made a way so that we could be forgiven. A lot of people think that the whole point is just about being forgiven. But being forgiven is so that we can have a relationship with Jesus. So that we can spend forever with him. See, that they get caught in what's supposed to allow the whole point to happen. Christianity is a relationship with him. Jesus says, I want a relationship with you, and I want to help you. I want you to help me bring other people into this relationship. Everybody's sin, and I want to have, these are my people, these are my children, these are my family. I want them. He goes, I I will do anything. In fact, he did. He paid the highest price. He died on a cross to pay for our sins. And then he rose again because death had no hold on him because he never sinned. And he goes, I want you to invite people. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. Jesus, Jesus says this. You, talking to those who follow him, he says, you are the light of the world, a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. And he goes on, and in verse 16, he says, In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. He goes, the way that you live, people are supposed to see it and go, I see something different. Not, hey, I see someone who judges me because I make mistakes, but I see someone who loves. I see someone who's kind. I see somebody who has purpose. I see somebody who stands up for the people that are being rejected and being hurt. I see somebody who cares for the people who get stuck at a table because nobody wants them to sit at their table at lunch. I see somebody who reaches out to people. I see somebody who, yeah, they may be awesome at sports, but they don't use it to rub in people's faces. They use it to elevate and lift up other people because they use their influence to help rather than to try to shove everybody else down to try to look better because they've got something that the rest of the world needs. He goes, this is supposed to change things. See, we're marked by God's love and forgiveness. This is a challenge to those who know Jesus to go, does this mark me? 
Do people at my school see it? If I was to ask the people at your school, because a lot of us think that we're the only Christian at our school, look around you. You're in a section filled with people from your school, except for you homeschoolers. It's like kind of your same school, but kind of not. You're like, my whole school's here. Like, good for you. Um, that is the upside of uh, being homeschooled. You're like, class reunion. Okay, it's over. Um, but there, there's lots of fun with it. But if you haven't made a decision to follow God, I want you to know that Christianity is what it's supposed to be about. It's supposed to be marked by love and forgiveness, not by judgment. That doesn't mean that we approve of everything, but it means that we love people in spite of their failures. And that we're not to look at everybody from a better than position going, I'm better than you, but I've I've received what you should receive that God wants to give to you as well. In in Romans 2.4, it says that God's kindness is meant to lead us to repentance. It's not God's threat that if you don't this, it's that God loved us enough that he made a way out of what was ahead of us. He says that this is what his disciples will be known by. He says, if you have love for one another. And, and people will go, okay, so, so I'm supposed to be a fisher of men, and not with a fishing pole, but I'm supposed to draw people to Jesus by showing people God's love. By, and, and this can look like simple things. Like, uh, was it Saturday? It's coming out of the chiropractor's office in, I was in Hudsonville. Um, Actually, right next to the, the um, Baldwin Street Middle School's uh, Hudsonville, or what is it, West Michigan Chiropractic. If you need a chiropractor, it's a great guy. He's my friend. And I come out of his office, and there's a car in the parking lot um, with a lady next to it and a tire sitting in front by it. I'm like, okay, that's not good. Um, but the car isn't jacked up. The jack is just sitting there. And I woke up, I'm like, hey, how's it going? She's like, oh, I'm having problems, and my tire's flat. Yeah, I kind of see that you know, sitting on the rim. It's really flat. And I go to, go to help her, and while I'm, I'm messing with the jack and getting the car lifted up, and it was a really stupid jack, it took forever, um, my wife's talking to her, and I was playing with the little kids, they start playing with my kids, she's like, I've been here for 40 minutes without help. She goes, it was 40 minutes before anyone showed up, and then one guy showed up and my jack started to buckle, so he went to get a different jack, and then one guy from the store came out and he went back in quick, and I came over, I got the jack to work, got the tire up. And then the guy made it back with a big jack, and since they said the jack was buckling, I didn't want to be under the car if it buckled. So I'm like, hey, you put that big one underneath there too. All right, then we'll swap out the tire and fix it. And it was just cool. What is showing somebody love? Is it, is it standing up on the big thing going, I'm a Christian and you're not, so you're going to burn? That's not what Christianity is supposed to be. It's going, hey, can I just show you God's love? I'm like, well, what do you mean? Can I change your tire? <laughs> yes, please. I'm sitting here for 40 minutes waiting for somebody to help me. Um, and the guy's like, well, when I get it there and it's working, he's like, how'd you get that thing to work? I'm like, well, it's got that big groove in it. You put that right on the, the thing. Sticking out. He's like, oh, <laughs> that might have been it. That might have been why I buggled. But we go through and, we, and we, we're able to help. And I, and I look at the, the first people. It's like, who's the first person I got to help bring to Jesus? The first people I, I brought, got to bring to Jesus were neighbors. One of them I, I, got to, I brought to church. And one of the other ones, one of them, did, it didn't seem to stick. He came, he kind of got an idea, but he didn't really turn his life around. In fact, this guy used to test me. He used to drive me crazy. Um, we were playing basketball one time, and he knew that there was supposed to be something different about me, and so he wanted to test it. And while we're playing basketball at another neighbor's house, he grabs the ball while I'm guarding him, just kind of bounces it up, catches it in, like, in his arm here, and just goes like this. Bam! And just slamming the face with it, and he goes, what you gonna do, Christian? 
Like, it's a good thing you said that, because I was probably going to do something I was going to regret. <laughs> this reminded me that I, I represent Jesus here. And you're like, all right, show him Jesus' love. Show him Jesus' love. Jesus said, lay hands on people. No, not like that. All right, so, uh, all right. But I, I got to work to show him, show him God's love to, to live something different. If you fast forward a lot of years, um, he got into a lot of trouble, and he got into jail. Um, and when he got out of jail... He was kind of just lost, broken, and wasn't sure where to go and what to do. And he was driving by, and he saw Resurrection Life Church, and he goes, Hey, wait a second. That's where all the Vanderclocks go. See, I remember them from, from being a kid. I wonder if I can find answers there. And he pulled in and came in and walked into a pastor's office and said, Hey, it's been a long time. I just got out of jail. I've kind of messed up my life. You guys have got any answers? And just sat down and started to talk with one of the pastors and gave his heart to the Lord. Actually, I think he had a long conversation, came back to service, and gave his heart to the Lord that night at service. Because, not because I was an eloquent speaker, but just simply because we showed him God's love. And we have this ability to stand up and to go, all right, can people at your school see that you live different? And you may be here with someone and go, I don't know if I can see that they live different, but that is what Christianity is meant to be. It's meant to be full of God's love. It's meant to be living different and showing him his love. See, Jesus commissioned us to go out. He said in 2 Corinthians, the Bible tells us, that Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, of bringing people back into fellowship with him. He tells us in Mark 16 to go into all the world, proclaim the gospel to, all, or to the whole creation. There is opportunity for you at your school. Your school is one of the places with the most broken and hurting people on the planet. And you get to witness there. It is an awesome opportunity. If you guys will rally together, if you will pray for your schools, you can change your schools. And if you can change your schools, it will change our city. And if, like, you honestly realize that you're, as you grow up, if you guys change your schools, you guys are going to be the adults. And the people that you go to school with are going to be the adults in not too long that are around, that, that run the city government and as we begin to change our schools, we can change our city and we can change our state and we can change, our state can change our country and our country can change the world. We literally have the ability to start the domino effect through our schools. And you go, well, but who'd do anything at my school? Um, Hudsonville, seven, uh, is it 720? Where'd Justin King go? He's, he's around, hey, there he is. All right, 720, he's in, the, he's in the cafeteria in the morning praying with people. There's a bunch of you guys who, who, who may have been there, but, but you've got the opportunity. Byron Center, Trev. Trev said that they're meeting there. Uh, where are you meeting at school? Right in front of the cafeteria. And are you guys 720 as well? 730. Granville. Uh, Jacob Van Harmelen. Come on, stand up like you're proud of yourself. All right, come on. He, he's helping to lead a group that's praying at 730 in front of the library. You know, so if you're like, well, I don't know that there's other people that are actually going to follow. Well, there's, there's already other people. Homeschoolers, you are your whole school, so just go downstairs and pray, okay? <laughs> they got their whole school to show up, okay? And then the, the, some of the others. Um, how many of you guys have a prayer group at your school? If you do, stand up. What school are you guys at? Cross Creek. Marvelous. You guys, if you're at Cross Creek, join them. You can pray with them. Try Unity. Lunch Mondays. As I point you, yeah, your school and what time and where? Triunity. Triunity. All right, those that are in Triunity, hop, sit down. Boom, that was a big portion of them. All right. Whalen. All right, what time and where? 
Awesome. All right, you guys can have a seat as well. Thank you. Are you at another school, or are you at the, well, the other row, rest of the row? What school? Marvelous. Where do you guys pray? We pray um, in front of the library. In front of the library at what time? At um, 7.30. So I, I wanted to give you guys a chance to see that there are students that are already doing this. Because I talked to one student from a school, and he was thinking about starting a prayer group, and I talked to another student from a school and found out there already was one. But they just didn't know. The word hadn't got out. I'm like, all right, let's get the word out that there are people that want to see God move in your schools. And I'm going to try to work with some of your schools and show up with donuts at some of those. Because... I, want, I figure that if you can, can't get the word out, if free donuts show up, the word will get out. It just happens. And so we're going to help people show up to pray. Like, how'd they show up to pray? Well, there's donuts from Sprinkles that just showed up, and so everyone showed up. So we're working towards that. I'm trying to get permission and from some of the, the principals to come to the schools. Next week, is it next week, Wednesday, September 23, 7 a.m., um, is See You at the Pole Day. And so people are going to gather at their flagpole, and they are going to pray. And it is an awesome opportunity to gather, to start the year praying for your school. And it is an awesome thing. And I want to challenge you guys that this is the year to step up. That doesn't mean you stand on your lunchroom tables and yell at everybody. It means that you go, how can I represent Jesus? How can I show Jesus love, Jesus kindness? How can I help people? How can I begin to pray that God will begin to do a work in the heart's of the people that I go to school with, with the students, with the teachers, with the, all of the staff. God, do a work in our school. Begin to turn it towards you, and we can begin to see our schools change.